This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. Yes, indeed. It's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas out there, isn't it? Sure enough. Well, it's nice and cozy in here, so welcome to church. If this is your very first time here, let me introduce myself. My name is Ron. Um, I'm part of the teaching team here at New Life, and we are so glad that you are here. I've got some things to say to you later today that I think will really help you in life, but for right now, I just want to say welcome to all of you who are first-timers. Let me walk you through a couple of things. There are two tools that you'll find inside your program that are actually tools for everybody. We use them every Sunday, so uh, just so you don't get left behind, here you go. The first thing is a card that says start here on the front side. On the back side, it says connect card. That's a really valuable tool because it gives you the opportunity to connect directly to our pastoral staff. If you have something going on in your life or in your family's life that you would like for us to pray about, uh, we would love to do that. There's a place on the back for you to put prayer requests. There's a place on the back for you to record how you plan to respond to the teaching today. So you didn't just come to church and, and hear a few words and go home and say, well, by golly, I hope I feel better. We would love to give you a way to apply what you're learning today. And there's a place where you can do that. You can request information, all that kind of stuff. But on the front side where it says start here, there's a place for you to put your contact information. That's obviously very important because it's hard to pray for somebody if you don't know who they are. It's hard to connect with somebody if they don't give you their name. So if you put your name and email uh, address down there, it gives us a place to get started in, uh, in ministering to you and connecting with you. The second is this half sheet of notes that says, Trust Like a Child, at the top of it. Uh, those are the teaching notes for the morning. You can fill in the blanks as we go along. And I have a maybe humorous or not quite so humorous little story to tell you this morning. Oftentimes... When I teach on a subject, I find I get tested on that subject during the week. It's sort of like God says, I want to know if you really believe this or if you're just sort of, you know, shooting the breeze out there. So wouldn't you know it, I came in this morning, we had a lot of stuff going on, so I got here about 5.30 this morning, I turned on my computer, my computer went and said, we cannot start, windows cannot fire up. I spent a half hour trying to get it fired up. It would not fire up. It contained the only copy of my sermon. So I'm winging it. No, not really. I, <laughs> um, I spent some time in prayer and so forth. But, you know, it, it wasn't lost on me that the title of the message this morning is Trusting Like a Child. So... God was saying to me, okay, I want you to trust me. And so, yeah, it had notes for the agenda for meetings I have today and so forth. And so it's going to be an interesting day of just walking with God and trusting Him. So welcome to the journey. That's where we are. Now, I want to say something about this Christmas season to all of us. Because this could be a season of destiny for every one of us. Some of us in this room have, have never made the decision yet to follow Christ. We sang the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. But for some of us, that was just a song. 
doesn't really describe where we are in life. It's great that you're at church, and it's great that you're going to learn this morning, and it's great that you're going to, that we're going to open God's Word and you're going to get taught. But my prayer for you is that this Christmas season will be the season when you choose to become a follower of Jesus. So that the real reason for this whole season we call Christmas can become a reality in your life. Some of us in this room, though we are followers of Christ and claim to be followers of Christ, there's a portion of our life where we are living in direct disobedience to Jesus. And even as I say that, there's a portion of people in this room who already know what that is in your life. As soon as I said it, boy, it popped right up on the screen of your mind. You know what it is. My prayer for you, my prayer for all of us, that this will be a season where that path changes. Because, you know, the interesting thing about a path, every path leads somewhere. And if you want to know if it's a good path or not, you have to find out where it goes. And unfortunately, those of us who are living in direct disobedience to Christ are on a path that will diminish our life and may even end in destruction. I don't say that to make you afraid or guilty. I say that because when you're going down the road and you realize I'm on the wrong road, do you feel guilty? No, but you do feel the need to turn around, correct? Yeah. That's what God really wants you to do. For some of us in this room, we know what the next step is. We're not living in disobedience to Christ, but we know what the next step is in our journey with Him. We just haven't taken it yet. My prayer is that this Christmas season, we will take the next step so that we can step into the destiny that God has for us. Now, the title of this sermon series is Like a Child. And I realize that when it comes to Christmas, one of the easiest things for us to do is we sort of celebrate the season through the eyes of a child. That's not bad, especially if you have little kids. It's actually a good thing. But I want to challenge us to take it one step deeper. Locked up inside the heart and soul of every adult, there's still a child. Are you, am I right about that? Yeah. I pray that during this Christmas season, you let that child live. That you call that child to the surface of your life. Because there's some great things that God has to say and that Jesus has to say about that child that resides on the inside of you. And that's why the title of the series is like a child. Today we're going to talk about this wonderful issue of trust. And I want to start out by taking you on a little mini tour of Scripture. I'm going to read you four Scriptures. And the first one is this. Jesus said, I have come. I want you to underline those three words. And above them, I want you to write Christmas. That's what Christmas is. It's when Jesus came. Right? So I have come in order that you may have life Life in all of its fullness. You see, the, the whole concept of Christmas is that Jesus came and He said, I want to teach you about life. I want to, I want to enable you to step into the fullness of life. Life as it could be. 
I would say even life as it should be. And so, for the last two years in our church, underlying every sermon series that we've had and virtually everything we've done in our church has been this this sort of underground river that we've talked about often called the Take Hold Initiative. It's taking hold of the life that Christ has for us so that life doesn't just pass us by. And and it's based here in 1 Timothy chapter 6 where Paul wrote to Timothy and says, Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. My prayer for every single person in the audience this morning is that you wouldn't miss the eternal life that Christ has for you. And I'm, and I'm not just talking about something you get when you die. I'm talking about the life that you can have right now as you walk with Christ, looking forward to that. And that's what we're going to talk about next week, learning to anticipate like a child. Now, Jesus made a very bold declaration in John chapter 8. He said, if the Son, speaking of himself, if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. There's a whole aspect of freedom that's associated with the life that Jesus came so that you and I could have. Freedom from stress, freedom from anxiety, Freedom from worry, freedom from fear, freedom from doubt, freedom from bitterness, freedom from anger, freedom from unforgiveness, freedom from retaliation. And the list could just go on and on and on. And friends, those are things that no amount of money in the world can buy you. Because they are quality of life issues, not quantity of things issues. So Jesus says to you and me, come to me. Two things he asks of us in this passage. Underline the word come. That's the first thing. By the way, you've done that this morning. You've come. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you. Underline the words, let me teach you. That's really the second thing that he asks you to do. And some translations say, learn of me. So come and learn. Come and let me teach you because I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. When Jesus addresses the subject of trust, he addresses it always in the context of rest and peace. We're going to talk about those two things this morning. So that's sort of our mini tour of the Bible and and, and laying the groundwork. Now let's go to our core teaching for this, this teaching series, and it's found here in Mark. Jesus says, the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. And then look at this statement he makes. I tell you the truth. And by the way, that was one of Jesus' favorite sayings. And and (laughs) when he says, I tell you the truth, I will guarantee you that right after that, he's going to say something that you think will be, what? Which is why he gives you an alert. It's a heads up. Don't be snoozing. Because I'm about ready to tell you something that's very important and it's counterintuitive to life. Here's what he says. 
Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. You know, it might do us good if I just pulled over to the side of the road for a few minutes and just ask you a simple question. Have you ever received the kingdom of God like a child? And if you're saying to me, what does that mean? Then there's a pretty good chance you haven't. Right? There's a pretty good chance that this is a, a, a sermon series just tailor-made for you. Because Jesus said, if you don't receive the kingdom of God like a child, then you'll never ever taste it. You'll never ever get to experience it in your life. You won't be taking hold of the whole reason that Jesus came. Today we're going to explore one of those childlike qualities, the quality of trust. Because that's what Jesus meant. Now, the first or the key factor in peace is trust. Do you realize if you don't trust, you'll never have peace? You cannot. Do you remember when you were a little kid? And you were afraid of the dark? Most of us were. Right? Was the boogeyman who get you out there? Yeah. But if your dad or your mom walked with you, you could say to your parents, hold my hand. And when you held the hand of your parents, you experienced peace immediately. Why? Because you found something you could trust in. Friends, that never changes. I don't care how old you get. I don't care how many decades you live your life. As long as you can only trust in yourself, you will be looking over your shoulder. You will have that inner unrest and you will never know peace. Because the real issue is trust. We're going to explore that today. Second thing I want you to know is that trust is natural for a child. You know how I know trust is natural for a child? And by the way, by extension, it is not natural for adults. Have you noticed that? It's natural for a child, and you hear it in their voice, because children say three things virtually all the time. Hold my hand, carry me, and help me. Right? Can you remember when you were a kid and you were so tired, you know, walk more, you just put your hands up and say, Dad, carry me. Right? And when your dad or your mom picked you up, you cradled your head right here, life was good. It's natural for children to trust. But you know something? Here's the problem with growing up. Along the path of growing up, we get hurt by other human beings and disappointed by other human beings and we get jaded and we find it difficult to trust other people now follow me because the real danger of this I haven't even talked to you about yet 
The real danger of getting jaded is because when we find it difficult to trust other people, we find it virtually impossible to trust God. That's a problem. Big problem. And in this Christmas season, and maybe even this morning, God's going to flip that on us and we can begin to reverse that sort of negative trend in our life that holds everybody out here, including God. It's one of the reasons that Jesus said, unless you receive the kingdom of God like a child, with the mindset that you reach out to your heavenly Father and you say, help me. And you say to your heavenly Father, carry me. And you say to your heavenly Father, hold my hand, I'm scared. We tend to think that what we really need is the absence of problems and challenges. I have a proposal to make today. Instead of going through life hoping that you never run into a really serious challenge or problem, how about if I introduce you to someone who's bigger than any problem or challenge you'll ever come up against? And he offers you his hand. And then no matter what comes your way in this day, you got it. Now, this childlike trust is actually based on two personal beliefs. Let's take a look at those. First of all, my father's presence means safety and peace, no matter the danger or the challenge. And the psalmist wrote it like this, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. He will cover you with his feathers. This is such a beautiful word picture. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. As a kid, I used to sing, uh, we used to sing a hymn in the church where I grew up, and it was called Under His Wings, based directly out of that psalm. My grandparents on my father's side owned a farm, and uh, we used to go there all the time, and my grandmother raised chickens. And uh, so this was such a really vivid word picture for me because um, the, the mother would be out there with those tiny little chicks. And those little chicks are little fur balls, right? Tiny little yellow fur balls that were beep, 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 beep. They were just running everywhere. But when the mother hen would sense danger, she would cluck in a certain way and she would hold out her wings like this along the ground and all those tiny little guys that belonged to that mother hen would go running up underneath her and they would get under those wings and then they'd look out at you. It was a fabulous picture. Because under the wings... They just felt safe. No matter what the challenge. Every once in a while, God gives us a demonstration that we're not quite as tough as we think we are. I remember early on, oh, this would be 10 years ago or more, um, we had a situation arise in our church. We were meeting at the community center, and you never know who was going to wander in in the community center. And church was dismissed one day, and I was out in the lobby visiting with people, and I got the strange sensation that it was way too quiet in the auditorium. And so I, I excused myself from the people I was talking with. I walked in the auditorium to see um, a guy standing on a chair. 
and to see him sort of half yelling, half screaming at the people who were left in the auditorium, and they were all sitting there with their eyes like wide open, like, what do we do? And and he was ranting and raving about something. And um, so I thought, okay, i got to go deal with this. So I just started walking straight toward him, and he got quieter and quieter the closer I got to him. By the time I got to him, he stepped down off of the chair, and I said, you and I need to go in the corner for a talk. So I took him into the corner, and I talked pretty straight to him, and I told him, you cannot do that. This is a church, and, and you cannot do that. And he said, are you telling me you'll have me arrested? And I said, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. And, and he was like, wow. I thought this was a church. I said, well, it is. And it can only be a church when we do things decently and in order. This is not how this happens. And he sort of backed up and said, well, okay then. And he turned around and walked away. And I'm thinking, I'm tough. (laughs) Right? Because he was bigger than me. I turned around to leave and standing behind me were four guys Big guys, I knew, I happened to know, they were all, they were all um, um, law enforcement officers from our church, and they were all standing behind me just like this. <laughs> I turned around and they said, we got you back. <laughs> you know, listen, if you could just see God would say to you, I not only got your back, I got your front, I got your sides. I got you. That's the deal. This concept of childlike trust is believing that I can experience God's peace and safety no matter what the challenge is, no matter what the danger is. He's got it. The second thing is this, that my father's way is always, we'll get it here in a minute, my father's way is always right and best. Listen, no matter how difficult or unnatural. I'd be the first to tell you that there's a lot of things that Jesus says, hey, follow me in this. And you look at that and you go, that didn't make sense. Look at this one. Here's one. You've heard the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Does that make sense to you? Raise your hand if that makes sense to you. Oh, you guys, you're all liars. (laughs) It makes sense to hate your enemies. It always has. That's the natural thing to do. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And in that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. And then Jesus asks a very challenging question. He says, if you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. But if you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anybody else? And then he says, even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect. And the word perfect there means you're to be complete. You're not to be missing this part of your life, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. You know, the biggest challenge in the first part 
about the living under the wings of, of God and that. The biggest challenge in that is actually distraction. Okay? It's easy to get distracted and pretty soon to lose sight of where God's wings are. And do we start, can I say this, winging it on our own? Right? Yeah. And the next thing you know, it's not until big danger hits and we go, whoa, where's God? And then we go looking for Him. So the, the biggest challenge there is distraction. But the biggest challenge here is disobedience. You see, the core issue in obedience is trust. Because if we trusted God, we would obey Him even if it was difficult and even if it was unnatural. That brings us to a closing thought. The question of the day is, is Jesus my first resource or my last resort? And I think that's why many of us struggle with trust. Because we tend to look at Jesus as my last resort. Well, I guess there's nothing left to do but pray. We will say, have you ever caught yourself saying that? Of course you have. That's a last resort comment. Okay? First resource. When you choose the priorities of your day, make Jesus your first resource. When you encounter a challenge of any kind, make Jesus your first resource. And I know that, that it, that's not natural. Because it's very natural to want to do things your own way. But Christ calls us to make Him our first resource, not our last resort. I want to close with two passages of Scripture and, and they both, well, they both use the same word picture, okay? It's back to the picture of the mother hen in the wings. Look what Jesus said here in Matthew. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. That was the city where he was right then. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings. But what does the last part of it say? But you wouldn't let me. Friends, God will never take you, throw a lasso around you, and drag you under His wings. He won't do that. It's why Jesus issued the invitation, and He said, come to me. It wasn't a commandment. It was actually an invitation. Come to me. And then he said, learn from me. Let me teach you. Yeah. But the sad, the sad deal was, this group of people, they turned him down. And, and you get the inference from that when he said, how often, how often do you think Jesus issued that invitation? Was it once? No. Over and over and over again. Listen. However old you are today, you've had that many Christmas seasons where God has come to you with an invitation. And if you're not a Christian today, He would say to you, how often I wanted to bring you under my wing as one of my followers and protect you and love on you and show you how to live life. I came that you could have life 
and have life in all of its fullness. But if you haven't become a Christian yet, you're on the outside of the wings still looking in. And Jesus has come today. The second verse we already read. It's those who have chosen because for the top group, Jesus is the last resort. For this group, hopefully he's the first resource. Those who, here's what you underline, live in. Okay? It doesn't say those who come to the shelter. It says those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. He will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with His wings. Three ways we can apply this today. The first I've already talked about, and that is making the choice to become a Christian. I prayed for every single person in the audience this morning who's not a Christian yet. I prayed that today you will make that choice. Change the destiny of your life. Change the destiny of your eternity. Change it right here, right now. God gives you the invitation. God gives you the choice. It's right there for you. If you're ready to make that choice on the backside of your Connect card, there's a place where you can check, I'm deciding to become a Christian today. I encourage you, check that. I'll get in touch with you this week. I'll make sure you understand what that process is all about. And it will be a very exciting week of you of you taking Jesus by the hand and becoming a follower of Christ. The second way that you, you and I can apply this is to pray daily for increased trust. Anybody here trust, challenged? Yeah, we all struggle with that. Okay? Well, let's take it to God in prayer this week and say, God, increase my trust factor so that I don't get distracted and wander out from underneath your wings and I don't become disobedient because I think my way might be better than yours. And then last of all, intentionally making Jesus my first resource, not my last resort. And that's really a perspective change that God wants to bring in us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for my friends who are here this morning who have come to be taught by you. And God, I pray that you would give us grace to apply this so that our trust factor can just go way up and that we can take um, your peace and your rest and we can find it in our lives. Not because we've earned it, not because we've worked hard for it, not because we've done all these things, but purely because we've decided to come to you, trust you, follow you, obey you. And the fruit of all that is this growing level of trust and peace. Father, for my friends who are right now deciding to to follow you, would you strengthen and encourage them and make them bold to take that step right now? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.